On Sky Sports Radio, time to talk to Vince Accardi. Certainly, it's time to talk to Vince Accardi. We've got some great racing across the country tomorrow. The good horses are well and truly back. Good morning, Vince. Good morning, Dave. You're absolutely right. Sensational racing in Melbourne and Sydney. We're going to try and find a winner, and one way we can find a winner is obviously using daily sectionals. Tell us about the website, exactly what it is. Dave, right now we've got some great promotions going on because it's carnival time or autumn carnival time. We've got some early edition packages. You can take a four-week pack, save a whole bunch of money, or you just take the individual meetings and it costs you $22, or you can buy a race speed profile final edition, which is something over the carnival time for people that have used an early edition and just want to have that enhanced experience. That's a fantastic product. We do rider profiling. We have all the data for pretty much you know what early speed they've done at their last three starts. We obviously have the track bias. We have the rail lane positioning, what's positive, negative in terms of where you need to be best positioned. And, of course, we've got all the breakdown in terms of sectionals benchmarked for the last... Well, in these, two, in these cases, both Flemington and Ramwick, we've got 40 years of history of benchmarking. Let's talk about uh, the big race in Sydney tomorrow. Well, there's a couple of big races, but I yes. want to talk about the Apollo Stakes. It's 300,000, uh-huh. a group two. We get to see very good horses back. Now, we've had some rain in Sydney, and we're on a soft six at the moment. Wow. Soft six. Okay. Now, I asked the gentleman this morning on the Big Sports uh, Breakfast and, and also, more importantly, on the punters panel yep. about Fangirl being a soft six, uh, the tempo of the race, how it all lines up. What's your machine? What's your information saying about Fangirl and the Apollo Stakes? It's race seven, number eight. Well, I want to ask you a question, Dave, because mm-hmm. you, you're usually pretty good when it comes to this. Do you feel, I mean, I did look at YR. There's virtually no rain coming. Is there a sense that this track's going to be much better or very much the same as what it's come up today? Well, it's going to be interesting. It's hard to answer that because today it's not a real drying day in Sydney. It's quite cloudy and uh, they're expecting, you know, the odd shower here or or there. But YR, which you mentioned, which is also what uh, Michael Wood from the ATC, the track manager, mentioned, that they're not expecting big rain today, if any, at uh, Randwick. Yep. Tomorrow, though, quite humid and hot, 29 degrees. Now, we've seen in the last couple of Saturdays, because it's been so humid and hot, this track or some of these tracks across the country really dry out quite quickly. Yeah, so this is one of the challenges as a form student, how you handle this. And it can be uh, a dynamic situation that occurs race morning, but in this, situ- in this situation that we're in right now, given that there's been some fantastic weather, generally speaking, in Sydney, it's the ground's never the same as, like, the winter ground. So rain comes, it takes a lot more for it to dry. In this scenario, you, you just look at what's been happening in Sydney when there has been rain and they've started with a slow track. That track's almost like G4 right from the gate and then only gets better. And they've, they've been running some slick times... So I'm in a very difficult place to have my mind come to the comprehension that we're going to be on an S6. I'm going to take a position. Of course, if it's raining in the morning, I'll flip. But if it's not, 
I'm going to stick firm, that we're going to be S5, worst case scenario, but a high probability as the day progresses, two, three, four, race five, we're going to be in the G4 range. And always remember, Ramwick in particular, in the home straight, is always better ground than around the other part of the circuit. And what I mean by better ground, it's a bit drier. And therefore, we can have even more confidence in the home straight most horses are going to get their opportunity, particularly if they like good ground. Mm, they certainly are. So I guess, do you want to be diving in at 220 Fangirl or, you know, what have you thought about Think It Over? It's, it's, a, it's a really interesting race. And then you've got Militarised too, I know you're a big fan of. Yeah, well, here we go. Let's start with Fangirl first. Thank you for giving me some insights on the price. Well, what we've got to look at is, here we are, we've got a runner, it's 98 days since it's last started. You look at this horse's profile, and I only see one scenario. It continually gets better, Dave. And that's fantastic, right? Particularly if you're a form student and you're looking for consistency in horses, generally speaking. Everything sort of points that from a first-up perspective, if I just have a quick look and say, okay, how have you progressed at each of your campaigns first up. We can go all the way back to Gosford in 2021. It was a 2.4 lengths below benchmark performance where it ran third over 1,200 metres. And then we quickly progressed to February 2022 at Randwick, and it was virtually benchmark. And then we moved to August of 22, and there it is. This is the beginning of this roadmap for this horse. 1.3 lengths above benchmark, 1,400. Goes 11th of the second, 23. This is first up again. 1.8 lengths above benchmark. Last campaign, 1.3 lengths above benchmark. And then what I do is I stress test with the race matrix, which gives the class classification. It takes a blended view of all the horses that raced on those on that particular day against it and goes back six runs. And it is indicating that the last two preparations, this horse's race classification is probably two lengths stronger in terms of its trend pattern. So I have nothing to fear that there's no way Fangirl's going to turn up and run anything less than two lengths above the IVR benchmark. So that's my starting point. So I look at that and say, okay, what do we need to do, or what does a runner need to do to beat that? All right, the wet track, it's very interesting. I can't say that that Fangirl is a great lover of the wet track, but I'm... You know, I, I personally feel slightly misleading if I make that communication in the sense of I just find it difficult to comprehend that this track isn't going to be S5 or better unless you were saying to me, Vince, it's raining right now and it's going to rain all day. It's just I just don't see it happening. And I just feel the track clubs sometimes are very cautious and they don't want to give misleading information. And maybe all parts of the track isn't the same, and therefore they're saying, let's give it the worst possible scenario. So I really want to have that in, in, in the mindset of all form students. Now, think it over. This is the other horse that I have a lot of uh, interest in in terms of how it positions itself here first up. This is another runner that is sensational at 1,400 metres. I only look at what it's been doing. Even after the 497 days off that it had and it turned up first up, it almost broke benchmark 
that first time round. But what I love is when horses usually come back from some challenges that they have, they have a tendency to run typically one to two lengths below their previous best. And not many horses can you know, match what they did. So a, a horse like Think It Over was trending to this line of around five lengths above benchmark or better. Now, I don't have that expectation at the moment, but what it did last campaign, it clearly demonstrated that it's a horse that can run at this moment in time where it's at, around two and a half to three lengths above benchmark, therefore makes it a serious contender against a horse like Fangirl. And then, of course, there are a couple of other runners that shouldn't be completely, I guess, dismissed. You talk about militarise. This is a horse that I do have a fantastic opinion on. I feel this is a horse that we are yet to see its true potential. But I want to ask you this question, Dave, because you speak to a lot of trainers and things like that. What would be the main target for militarise this campaign? Oh, that's a very good question. That is a very good question. Uh, we haven't heard from the Waller camp. Okay. Exactly, so, uh, yeah, yeah. as to what. Oh, you, well, you would think, well, you would think that races like the Queen Elizabeth would have to be on the radar. If they're going to throw in, in deep ends with uh, Cox Plates, surely they would be going on, a, on that sort of trajectory. Whatever, what, 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 Randwick Guineas, Rose Hill Guineas, that path. Right. So th- I, I, I'm with you. I, I have a feeling that... You know, it isn't certainly tomorrow's not its number one target. It does mean that it's not there to win. What brings the horse into play is this, is the race shape. What have the, the team been saying about what they feel the pace is going to most likely be? Moderate. The, they're worried Moderate. about the middle stages of the race. That's what yep. they're worried about with Fangirl. All the indicators are giving this signal, this is the data points, that it's going to be either a 400-metre or 600-metre sprint home. So what we're looking for, we're looking for dynamic straight speed, very important at Randwick, because you've got about 320, 350 metres of clean straight. So that straight line speed is super important at the second part is, okay, how big is your acceleration over 400 metres and 200 metres? And, of course, lastly, is off what ratio? So give you an example. A horse like Militarise, why it can't be dismissed tomorrow is... When it was first up at Rose Hill, over 1,200 metres, a shorter distance, it was travelling around almost six lengths below benchmark. The lead speed was around one length below benchmark. So this is giving you some visualisation that let's say tomorrow they're travelling somewhere around that benchmark minus two or two lengths below. Where does that position militarise in running? What speed will it be travelling at? And I sit here and say estimated somewhere between six and eight lengths below benchmark. What type of acceleration do you have and what type of exertion can you show of sustained speed? Firstly, from the 800 to the 400, and then how big's the sprint? Now, that day, the move was beautiful. Energy efficiency-wise, it went from 5.7 lengths below benchmark to 0.7 below. So under a second move for 400 metres, which means you're not overextending the horse, you're not depleting of all this energy, and you're not getting that massive lactic build-up. And then the thumping last 400 of 8.1 lengths above. Now, there's not many horses in this race that have that type of sprint. So for that reason alone, it's there. Now, if the races run a lot faster, I'd say it's probably a little bit of a negative for Militarise. 
So if they run four, five, six lengths faster than what's predicted, I'm not predicting a fast pace either. I'm predicting a race shape that could be maybe plus one at best, but most likely to be one to three lengths below benchmark. And I always say to all the form students, including myself, my predictability on that's always roughly 50%. It's a flip of the coin. It could go one way or the other. Until those gates open up, you can never be absolutely certain. You can be reasonably certain about how they're going to position themselves in running, but that pace can be dictated by various things, particularly when it's later in the day. I have to say, think about it. I think it over, sorry. Another runner who has a phenomenal 400-metre sprint but off a much softer pace. It has the capacity of matching a horse like Militarise over the last 400 metres, but they've got to go a lot slower, Dave. So you have to take that into consideration. Then Fangirl, we all know Fangirl. Fangirl, I would say, on the technicals, has the biggest 400 metre sprint in this field. And if the, the ground is in, you know, like better than S5, look out. Look at that Ramwick run in October, Dave, on the 14th, over 1,600 metres. It was travelling 3.7 lengths below benchmark. Magnificent move between the 8 and the 400, going 2.5 above. And then it produces this phenomenal 9.3 lengths above benchmark, last 400. And just to top it off, the last 200 was 5.6 above. That's dangerous. When a horse has that type of weapon... What I consider to be a good pace... Now, mind you, the lead speed that day in that race was 0.7 above benchmark. Yes, it was 200 metres more, but that will not nullify its acceleration here at 1,400, and this horse goes fantastic at 1,400. Gee, it's going to be a great race. Uh, it's awesome tomorrow. Race. It's a great race, and we're going to be blessed with this over the next couple of weeks. Just quickly... Um, on Melbourne tomorrow, yes. uh, obviously great racing down there. What did you make of the trial of Imperatriz? I mean, we're all sort of, you know, the, 180, I guess you're going to find out to see if uh, she's back to her best, this preparation, and Private Eye going down representing Sydney is at $5. Well, here's the thing. It's a treatment of the race. How do you treat this race? Are we going to say this is a specialist 1,000-metre race or... Are we going to take it, okay, it's a sprint race, but maybe the horses that have great capability, 11, 1,200 metres can come into play. 1,000 metre races generally are very specialised. And whilst there's some horses that have a level of versatility to be able to run along that um, that rail that I call it, like, you know, you can jump from 1,000, 11 and 12, not a lot of horses can do that. Some of them are just sheer 1,000-metre horses, and that's it. And as soon as you step up to 1,100, the, the, the bubble bursts, unless it's like a, you know, some phenomenally odd shape, race shape. And the 1,200-metre horses that are brilliant, let's say like a private eye, they need a level of pace in the race to be able to you know, get that finish that they need late. So I look at this field and say, OK, where's the speed? Where are we going to be? If we're going to be in the middle of the ground, it's going to be the slowest pace. That makes it almost impossible for a horse like Private Eye over 1,000 metres. Not that it hasn't got the talent to be you know, on the podium, but that's a negative. If they roll to the inside, OK, maybe if that horse can stay in lane 10 and some speed gets injected into the race, at, you know, not late, you know, early on after a few hundred metres, maybe 
if they go to the extreme outside fence and they run with some tenacity, then possibly a horse like that could come into the picture late. But the reality is this. I'm looking at it as a specialist 1,000-metre races, and there's... Firstly, there's two horses that absolutely have the footprint, and that is obviously Imperatrice and Bella Nipotina. And to a lesser extent, I am unstoppable because it's a little bit unknown about that, but it, it does show some markings that it could be, this is from a data signalling point of view, that it could be very dynamic at 1,000 metres right now. Now, to answer the question about the trial, very interesting about the trial... Bella Nipotina's trial was a winning trial. Without a shadow of doubt, there was a fair bit of tenacity put into that trial at Cranbourne very late that it almost made it race pace of a actual race. That's the intensity, how it just dramatically increased. What I noticed with Imperatrice is not to get um, too confused. They didn't want to participate in that, and hence the reason why they didn't continue to become part of that attack because the assault came inside the 400 and it was and it was high extension. And Bella Nipotina, they must have had a strategy that they wanted this horse to be right, obviously, you know, wanting to try and attempt to win this race. The reality is this. Even if Imperatrice comes to the races, three lengths below its best, it's too good. So it has to stay in the gate to lose. And what I mean by that, Mr. Start by six lengths. Yeah. Then maybe, wow. then maybe we're going to see defeat. Other than that, I just can't see it happening. This is the best sprinting horse in the country, and it's going to demonstrate that tomorrow. And the trial, it was very clear. The horse was cruising all the way through, and when they put that acceleration, they decided not to be part of it. Now, they could have easily be, been part of it, but they chose not to. It was very clear, and then Intel gave the same response. So, obviously, they've got plans, and they probably wanted to keep some freshness on side for this race. So, smoke and mirrors, Vince? Well, I wouldn't call it smoke and mirrors. They just know their horse. And, see, this is what happens. Let's say you do go with a lot of vigour. You can dull the sprint. Mm. That freshness, just you, you lose a length or two in the freshness. That could be the difference between dictating the race how you want, or maybe uh, being vulnerable somewhere near the finish. And what, what about the barrier? It's irrelevant. Yep. Because the barrier is going to come back down to this: where are they going to run on the track? Mm. Inside, middle, or outside? Where are we going? Don't think it matters. Uh, the, the one reason why I say uh, smoke and mirrors is just the comments after. Oh, yeah, a bit lacklustre, a bit lack, but now it, uh, it might all make sense. Well, it's very clear. I do a lot of trial work, and basically there was, <laughs> there was a lot of horse to trial that morning, and I was in awe of Bella Nipotin, and I said, oh, Bella Nipotin is going to be in for a stunning campaign. And you could see off the trial they won't be mucking around in this race tomorrow, and maybe they sit back and feel this is going to be one of our best chances to beat it, right? We need to be absolutely at the top of our game. We can't afford to come and meet Imperatrice two or three lengths underdone. We just can't, because this will be the only chance you're even going to remotely get near it. Yeah, exactly right. Fascinating stuff, Vince. DailySectionals.com.au punters is where you need to head. Uh, Vince, what's the, the, the pack you suggest for our punters? Well, 
I'm sort of indicating for a day like tomorrow you can get Melbourne City. Have a look at getting the final edition. We've got a lot of a lot of communication. We we put a lot of. Uh, a key commentary on a whole bunch of runners in each of the races and give you some real insight about how we're using the intel and the communication wraparound in the race beat profile final edition is strictly discussed based on sectional times profiling. So we won't talk about, you know, the weights and the measures and the class rises or, or you know, downgrades because there's a lot of, you know, great people that do that already. So we just want to bring knowledge purely from a sectional time point of view. So if you're a good form shooter and you like weights and measures, you'll be able to overlay it with this and bring another, I hope, another level of clarity to what you're doing with your own work. Great stuff, Vince Accardi. We'll chat to you next Friday. Thank you. Bye-bye.